Hello and welcome to episode 45 of More, a podcast designed to inspire, encourage and support women to make changes both big and small in their lives. And this week we're talking all about eating disorders with one of our favourite guests. My name's Serena Novelli. I am a busy mummy of five and a body confidence and sexual empowerment coach based in Surrey. And I'm Jo Merrick. I'm a mum to two teens and I'm a wellness advocate helping support people up-level their health through essential oils with the company Deterra. And today we have the gorgeous Sam Mollart, mummy of one and the founder and creator of Bambino Bells, supporting parents with their mental health and needs and running clubs for their little ones. Hey Sam, how are you? I'm so excited that you're here. Hi, I'm good, thank you. Hi. Cool. So we're going to be talking about eating disorders um, this week um, and it's a subject that we have discussed recently um, because in in March we have um, you have eating disorders month um, and so it, it's something that both um, yourself and Joe openly talk about and actually when we spoke about it before we came to the realization that there's a, a there's a there's a lot more women who have gone through this this eating disorders than have been um, what's the word I'm looking for, Joe? Like, like uh, yeah, like locked, like so. So basically, like yeah, right. on a on a scale on the NHS or whatever, we we kind of get missed, don't we? Again, the other thing I think Sam picked up on when we talked before was that um, some women don't even realise that they have an eating disorder. You know, the, the, the way they, they think about food and they eat, actually, when they look back, they realise later that they had problems with it and issues with it. So, Sam, I know you, you are very vocal on this and happy to discuss your own personal story, aren't you? As well as, um, you know, talking about how, how food and body image is represented. Yeah, massively. Definitely. Um, I think, like Serena just said, there is definitely more individuals who have eating disorders than they even realise. Mm. Um, you know... If you have, if you are obsessed with something, if you are cutting things out, if you are following the 80-20 rule, if you are following fad diets, if you are addicted to, you know, um, losing weight or binge eating, you know, to deal with those emotions, then essentially they are all now technically classed um, under the... um, dietitians society um you know within the uk they are all classed as eating disorders it's interesting isn't it because what you've mentioned there are some things that people generally class as as Mm -hmm. diet i've been on every single one under the sun over the decades until the last few years and it's it's a really emotive subject for women to talk yeah massively um why why do you think it is so tied up with so much shame sensitivity i think it's just so many different reasons one of them being the 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 pressure that women are in especially the younger generation of looking a certain way being a certain size 
then as you get slightly older and those women that um, are able to or choose to have children then you are kind of Mm. popped into this category of um, you need to bounce back after a baby uh, when in fact your body's you know you've had the opportunity to and your body's done something incredible if you've been lucky enough to you know um be able to can't carry a baby um and then as you get older um those women kind of in the 40s 50s and 60s are again shamed because naturally and genetically you will uh, your metabolism level will slow down a little bit and therefore you will gain a little bit more weight and that's absolutely normal. But again, women are shamed again. It's your hormones, isn't it? Yeah, it's your body looking off. Absolutely. So I I saw um, posted um, over social media um, from a magazine, Katy Perry had recently had, I think he's about six months old, her little one. Um, so yeah, she's right. had a baby and they were saying how great you know how great she was doing for for just having a, a baby how her, how her mummy bod had um was awesome and she was losing the weight and and dropping back to normal um yet they were specifically pointing out her stats prior to having that baby um and i feel that's really detrimental to our mental health because we're never going to get back to exactly how we were after having a baby our bodies have changed. Like um, Sam's just said, you know, we've gone through something that is like, it's a miracle. It's something that's magical that, that we are able to do as women. Yet we are constantly being thrown these images of um, postpartum bodies. And and, 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 right? and and I think it's yeah. it's really wrong that they do that. Yeah, 100%. Sam, how do you, how do you, you come across this? Yeah, massively. And, you know, like, I even though I've always had issues with myself and how I looked, not anymore, but beforehand, there is never mm-hmm. I have never ever looked at another human being and thought, Oh my God, you know, you're yeah. so skinny, yeah. what is wrong with you? Or, you know, you are um larger than, you know, the average size is what they tend to say. You know, I've never looked at anybody yeah. in that way. And and that's interesting, Sam, what you picked up on there about, because you said that, you know, you'd never look at someone and think, oh, you're skinny. Because we've got to remember what you said, Serena, some people do actually bounce back. And, and that's and based on their insecurities, that's isn't it? Those people. That, that's uh, them. That's their body. That's the whole Yeah, thing absolutely. And I get it all the time with mums. Um, you know, mums mm-hmm. that will make a reference to, especially when we're doing baby yoga classes, I always obviously say to parents, yeah. just wear something comfortable. Um, it's not up to me to dictate mm-hmm. to wear gym gear. If somebody is not comfortable in leggings and lycra, they, if they want to turn up in jeans, yeah. as long as they can move comfortably, then that is down to them. Um, <clears throat> then I know certain other places kind of don't do that. But uh, you do see it, you know, especially with mums kind of pulling their top out. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Trying to kind of hide that mummy role. And it's like you've just had a baby, like just enjoy your baby being a mum when baby is tiny is so hard like give yourself credit you've just created a life like that is just mind-blowing absolutely which by the way took months yeah and people forget as well that it takes up to 18 months for all your organs to kind of go back to normal and your uterus to go back to its normal size so you you know 18 months 
So you, you're not going to, you know, look how you were beforehand two weeks later, especially not because your hips will have got wider due to giving birth and, you know, yeah. um, they don't always go back to exactly the same width. Well, no, that's it. My bottom ribs still stick out, uh, you know, and this is 17 and 15 years on because that baby, that second baby was wedged up under there, pushed them out, and those bones are not going anywhere. doesn't matter how many crunches you do, the bone is not moving. And that's fine. That's my new shape. Yeah. That's my mum's shape, you know. It's interesting what you just said there about, um, you know, because it's a lot to do with acceptance. And this is what I was talking about when we last did a chat about eating disorders. Ultimately, the eating aspect was to do with control because there was a lot of things I didn't like about myself, my looks, various things. I couldn't control certain things. I, I was very short-sighted and I couldn't control that fact. There was nothing I could do about it. I didn't like wearing glasses. I couldn't afford lenses at the time, but I didn't like it. But eating was something I could control. And, but it wasn't ultimately the eating, I think, was the problem. It was the fact that I wasn't accepting who I was that made me take those steps. And that's partly what you're saying. With me. Yeah, like, and I, th I think it's also that, but also body. sometimes, especially with eating disorders, I mean, in relation to mums, definitely, I think sometimes people see it as a mm. challenge to themselves. In, what, yeah, like I'm going to cut though. out all sugar. I'm not going to drink alcohol. Right. Um, I'm going to cut out carbs. I mean, carbs are essential just for living and breathing. Um, but you know, like people become so restricted and I think it's based on almost like a challenge, right? I'm going to do this for a week. Okay, great. I've smashed a week. Now I'm going to do it for two weeks. And then it becomes a habit yeah, and it becomes that obsessive. Life, that, that sense of achievement. Yeah, it, do, it does. Because it's almost like I've done that. Now I can do this. I've done that. Now I can do this. And it becomes, you're chasing your tail, but at the same time, it feels, there's a, there's a feel good feeling to it. But when you look at it, no, absolutely. And it's exactly what you say. It is literally based on self-worth. There is something in your life that is not yeah. fulfilled and you are physically yeah. able to do this and do it well. And that is a sense of achievement. Yeah. Serena, you've talked about this, haven't you, with your, your own personal situation. It's very much been tied up with emotions. Yeah. Um, and also, I think, for me, when I, going back to having like the kids so I've got five so I've been pregnant five times um when I had Nathan um back when I was 18 my body did just bounce back in fact people didn't even think I was pregnant when I was like nearly like about to drop um because my because <laughs> my I was tiny I, I I had a boyish figure um I was proper paranoid of my figure and how I looked um but then when I had Layla I had hit my 30s and my body didn't bounce back um, and I, my father-in-law made a comment um, about my body um, when I was on holiday and it absolutely mortified me. And he didn't he didn't mean it. You know, he wasn't doing it to be nasty. Um, but um, I, no, no. But that's that it's that general feeling you can say things about. Yeah, a lot we were sitting in we were sitting in a um, okay. I was in Italy and we were sitting in a, a doctor's surgery and my husband is accident prone and so we were in and this lady walked in um, and she was like a typical Italian mum like um, and she right. walked in and he nudged me and Theo not Theo sorry um, Layla was six months old um, and he said next oh. time next time I see you you'll be like that in it 
Um, and I just was just like, oh my goodness, he's literally just having a dig about how I look right now. And I've got a six month old. Um, I came, I came straight back, yeah. went to Slimming World and lost two stone in eight weeks because I was obsessed with how I looked because I didn't want my father-in-law to see me in that light the next time I saw him. So that was based on another, an external comment. You know, I'm presuming till then you were... Yeah, well, I'd been weight. okay. I mean, I kind of, I knew I'd, I just had a baby, so I wasn't trying to, like, lose the weight um, quickly. Yeah. And that's what Sam's saying, you know? It's not saying if you don't want to make a change for yourself, that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's like, yeah. where does this come from? It's, it's these external comments, this external dialogue that's consistently in social media, in the media, in other people around us, like you're saying, people who think that they are well-intentioned. Yeah, well definitely. Um, yeah, I think they do, um, but they don't realise, I don't think anybody really realises the impact it has when they first start no. long term not just physically think, but emotionally and like no. obviously Serena has just mentioned you know like the the actual mental impact that it continues on having and when people make remarks like that I mean my mum made the same remark basically than your father-in-law um, mentioned right. Serena she was like oh well when I had you I was back in my size eights a week later and I was like well I am not you and I am perfectly <laughs> happy with that I've just yeah. Been I mean, yeah. I'm going to enjoy my baby. I'm okay with how I look, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and that wouldn't have bothered me after you know with with, with Toby. I would have just been like, "Oh, Sudja, go away." Um, but because I'd I've, by then I'd become I've come like comfortable in my skin, and I and I'm happy with how I am. So a few pounds after having a baby wasn't anything, but at the time, um, it it, it really did affect me. Yeah, it hurts, doesn't it? It's just what you said. It do, yeah, it does. I was gonna literally going to say that, Sam. What you said about the way the comments can stay with you. I was yo-yo dieting for the best part of two to three decades. And you're right when you say you, you start something, you don't realize where it's going to end up. Because even today, even though I feel I have control and I no longer actively, I would say, bulimic, I still have... I still think obsessively about food, how I'm eating. There's still a very conscious awareness about what I'm putting in. You know, I, I, I tend to feel I'm a lot healthier now, but it will never go away. And I know that damage. Yeah, I totally agree with you there, Joe, because I think it's a constant thing um, that you do have to work on. When you are up and you mm. are, your self-worth is high, your confidence, your self-esteem, and you are feeling good and you are achieving those targets and whether it be in business or personal life and you're doing your self-care, whatever it is, yeah. when something happens however small or big and it impacts on you then those you know negative thoughts self-limiting beliefs again reappear and it's those little demons that are like hi I'm over here by the way you know how about why don't you just go and eat a bar of chocolate me, yeah right or for me the bulimia it was almost like because I know it has a sense of a relief feeling for me and so when my husband left and there'd been money issues and then when my dad died I have lent towards those feelings I've not gone with them because I feel I'm strong enough now not to but you're absolutely right it's like a voice in your head yeah and they come in very quickly and and they can take over very quickly if you let them I tell you one thing that I do mm. do and I still do it now I, I'll admit I do it now I do it every single day is in the morning and this is for, this has gone from me being a teenager and doing it as a teenager so I had that boyish type figure 
I had body dysmorphia. I, you know, I would binge eat and then not eat and binge eat and then not eat. Um, but one thing that I, yeah. I did was in the morning, I would lift my pajama top up as I walked past the mirror sideways and have a look at myself. Oh, my and I still do that every single morning. I mean, I, it doesn't, do it. you know, it's, it in my too. head, I'm not thinking yeah. about what I look like. It's just a habit of lifting my top and looking. Um, but I was, I was so fixated yeah. on how my stomach should look um, as a person that I thought I was, I thought I was huge and I was seven and a half stone. Um, wow. so obviously I wasn't. <laughs> and we talked about this before. I've looked back recently on some photographs of me when I thought I was big and I was, there was nothing of me, you know, and I, and I, it's that, it is that body dysmorphia because, because of what you're seeing in magazines back then, there wasn't social media and what I was seeing, my sister was a lot smaller than me. She was a gymnast. She, she was a different person. She had a different frame, you know, and so I compared myself and, and through that. Yeah. I and Kate Moss was tiny, wasn't she? Bless her. So she was like our role model. Oh gosh, yeah. Do you remember all those nineties, nineties supermodels? You know, they were all tall and willowy and tiny, and then there was that horrible waif look that came in where everyone looked like they, you know, they weren't weren't actually eating, but they were glamorizing that. I remember the photo shoot that I covered when I was a reporter and they were actively trying to create an um it wasn't just even an image, it was a it was um like a storyline as though people were malnourished. That's the way it was created. Definitely remember that. What you said about in the morning as well, I remember weighing myself um, and I did it for decades. I would weigh myself in the morning. I'd weigh myself in the evening and I haven't, I think I've said to you guys before, I've not done it for about six years now. And even when I go to the hospital for a checkup with my arthritis, I'll ask them not to tell me what I weigh. I'll say, I don't, I don't do scales and I'd like you not to tell me please because I find that very, yeah. very damaging. And with like places like Slimming World and I know that, that Sam picked up on this when we spoke last, um, you know, they're, that they're praising for that weight loss yet it what should be being praised is that healthy style of eating and bringing that healthiness into your body that nutrition to your body um which they have because that's what they're trying to teach them but the fixation that but what is actually they fixate on the people that go there is the amount that they've lost on the scales because that's the way they can measure um what they're achieving Sam, you're now a huge advocate, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, so um, I've got a nutrition degree and I'm just studying to become um, a personal trainer. So they're like, uh, they are two like big passions of mine as well as lots of other things. But I am yeah. really keen to share my knowledge and to make people understand that just to be fit and healthy, you don't have to be a size six. You know, there are individuals who are just naturally slim and there are individuals who are larger yeah. and who are perfectly healthy and fit. Not everybody who is, you know, like the in society, I do feel like there is a lot of um, focus within the health sector of BMI, which is representative and OK if you are somebody who leads a very inactive life because you don't have very much muscle. Yeah, it's yeah, a very but loose I'm, I'm, yeah. you yeah. know, um, if I, if I look, if I look at myself and compare myself on the BMI scale, I am classed as overweight, but just because I've got a lot of muscle Maybe. and I work out yeah, a lot, muscle. um, yeah. and I think that's just no yeah. good for anybody's mental health, you know, and just because you might be a size 14, 16 or 18 does not necessarily mean either that you are classed as clinically obese and that you have all of these different health conditions mm. of course you are slightly more at risk yeah. but you know 
it it is not um you you cannot adopt a person should not be saying to you well you can't be that size because you are going to get x y and z when in fact it's not actually true it's frightening isn't it the way we equate numbers defines everything numbers on a dress size a bmi reference yeah well i mean the times where people would have looked at me and thought i looked the peak of health some of those times in the past i've been i was living appallingly with with my nutrition you know i would be focusing on such high levels of protein i I remember there was a time as well that i was basically living on roasted tiny bit of feta cheese you know this is not a balanced if, if you if you cut me open in some way and being able to measure the vitamins and minerals and everything in my body yeah it's crazy really to think that people look at an individuals and think oh she's she's slim she must be healthy when in fact that's not the case and I was like you Joe. yeah when I was at university I was a size six and I thought I was fat I ran pretty much 10k every day my minimum that I would like to burn was a thousand calories a day just in exercise alone but I wasn't eating yeah. to replenish that. And the amount of people that used to say, oh, my God, you look so good. And I love the compliments. Now I look back and I think, oh, my gosh, I was the unhealthiest I've ever been. And now I've had my daughter. I am bigger than I was before. Um, but I'm healthy. You know, I can run long distances. I can exercise. I fuel my body correctly. Um, you know, that's what's important, not the size that you are. I know um, what Serena does with the work that she does with, with women, you know, empowering them sexually and with the Love Thy Body Project. You draw, a, you talk, you talk openly, don't you, Serena, of your own yeah. personal experiences. I was just wondering, Sam, do, do you, do you feel your own personal experiences that enable you to offer more to the ladies? The yeah, so um, I, um, I, I suffered, I, with in relation to my job I tend to speak more about mental health because I suffered with really bad postnatal depression psychosis um when I had my daughter right, so that's right. a big thing for me um so I don't focus too much on nutrition um I try and keep both separate really but I do have a separate group for for nutrition and I do focus massively on educating people the importance of each of the food groups and the benefits it has. I don't ever say you should cut out your chocolate, you should cut out this, you should cut out that because, you know, we are here to live and I think as long as you have, you know, a healthy, balanced diet, you you know, you shouldn't be cutting foods out. It's really important to, to eat a bit of everything. No, you're absolutely right, because I know for a fact that when it was a very big fad during the 90s to cut fat out, I followed that for, I would say, a good 10 years. And I don't think there's any coincidence, research has proven this, that we know that our nervous system runs on fat. And I don't think there's any coincidence that I developed depression and anxiety during, during and since that time period because I did, just did, wasn't providing my body with that. No, absolutely. And when you, cut, when you cut things out, I mean, they are there for a purpose. You know, everything, I always say, everything mm-hmm. in a cake recipe has a purpose. If you take one away, the thing is not going to work. You need to find an alternative. So it's the same yeah. with what you put into your body. Like your fats has a purpose. Your carbs, your proteins, including your vitamins and minerals, they all have a purpose to keep you functioning, alive and healthy. When you start cutting one out, it affects massively your development. 
whether you're a young teen to go into adult or like you're saying, whether you're exercising or mental health, you know, that is science. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just listening yeah, to you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you both. You so much, Do come back again, won't you? Especially when you, oh, I'm when excited. you've done your Absolutely. qualification, we'd love to hear more. Oh, Sam's brilliant. She's so knowledgeable and she touches on, sometimes when she talks, it's like she she's in your mind. mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like she was my little, I'm not alter ego, because that's the opposite. Do you know what I mean? It's like a sliver of me oh, broken out, and that's Sam. <laughs> when she's talked in the past about her passion for exercise, but how also maybe that's replaced what she was doing with food. Yeah. Before, I think and... it resonates with me so much, all of it. And when I talk to other people, I, I'm shocked at how many women. Yeah, it's, it, it really is like food. fascinating to, to see just how many of us have gone undiagnosed um, throughout throughout time. Yeah. Is key here is that we we're picking up on it, um, and we're able to start making that. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. we're making Knowledge those changes power, right? now to ensure that our children and our children's children, you know, they're going to have their own problems. They're always going to have problems, but we're we're providing them with a better yeah. start to life because we aren't bringing those issues into it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, being being different or better role models around food, certainly. But what I also think is quite frightening is we had a discussion previously that led to us choosing this topic today. And there were four of us talking who clearly all had varying degrees of different eating disorders. And yet not one of us had been and sought professional help. Or So we, we were four people who hadn't registered, yeah. like you said in, in the chat we hadn't no we we're not counted in those figures that are out there of women yeah and i think there was just and one wasn't there out of all of us there was women. one person that had gone and got profession seek professional help and the rest of us had well she said she never said that she had a, she didn't she went private so she wouldn't have been in the figures but she was the only one who had been and sought help like you say counseling um and the other three of us found i have found our own way through and muddled our own way through and i think yeah i think that happens a lot yeah and that's scary right but we're out to make a difference. To get it, it is scary. Yeah, we are making a difference, and I'm proud, and I think we're owning that, and I think we're right to be vocal because I think that helps. I, th- I do think when you're vocal about things like this, I've ne- I never hid. Yeah. Once I admitted it, I never hid it, and I spoke very openly because I truly believe if you are, if you speak out about things like I have done with my own mental health and you know that kind of thing, I think it gives other women and other people a permission almost. Yeah, to absolutely. Say, I agree. Okay, until next time, ladies, we'd like you to stay out there, be healthy, look after yourself. Bye.